0: everybody to another episode of Kingdom Family Talks. It's wonderful to be with you and it's wonderful to be here in Peachtree City, our home in Georgia with Leif Hetland and with Jennifer Hetland. Yeah. It's exciting to be with the mama and papa of GMA and uh, we were excited uh, to, to gather today uh, and talk about family, talk about ministry, talk about the history of GMA and the current season but also more importantly, talk about family, your family, the dynamic of family. And uh, you guys are both heading off to Cuba tomorrow morning. Uh, it's exciting, it's very exciting. So, yeah, I had the privilege of joining both of you last year on the trip. And I'm excited for the team that uh, are already making their way down there. And um, by the time I think we release this podcast, uh, they'll be back from the trip. So there'll be lots mm-hmm. of stories and, and uh, exciting things to share. So uh, we we took the time uh, in preparing for uh, this podcast to, to just put up on on Facebook uh, and, and and glean a few questions from people that may be curious about things that uh, they wanted to ask both of you and the dynamic of of a of a couple being involved in ministry and family and that journey. So I think throughout the podcast we'll we'll, we'll maybe reference some of those questions and just kind of dig a little bit deeper. But uh, I, I I suppose. Uh, I've had a unique experience um, being around you as a family for the last 18 months because for the first, I think it was about three months when mm-hmm. I arrived here in Atlanta, I had the privilege of being hosted in your home for three months. So I got the inside scoop into <laughs> into family, and and uh, and and that was a privilege and an honor. And um,
1: talk about a reality show, right? Yeah. Talk
0: about a reality show, but it was uh, it was a beautiful reality show. Uh, it had the light and the shade, and uh, and so. Yeah, I think that that's for me that the most important thing about family is authenticity and uh, there's no point hiding behind the the glossy brochures when you know family is often messy and family is often real so it's uh
1: I love the way you say brochures
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> brochure as well yes yes that is I had I, it's my accent yeah <laughs> so I'm not from round here so anyway but uh, I, I I'd love to uh, I think one of just reflecting even on that season for myself I think that one of the, the greatest observations I can make is that uh, you as a couple, you as a family, you as a ministry are really in a new season. Uh, you know you've you've got four amazing children who are uh, Jen, what are their ages?
1: Uh, soon to be 21, 24, 25 and 27.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
1: Took me a minute. Lila did have a birthday already.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> well, they are all beautiful and uh, amazing people and I think
1: And our son in love is twenty six.
0: And that's Lila's husband. Lila's husband Ray Rayvon. Yeah, and then
1: yeah. life's sweetheart is twenty seven. Just had a
0: birthday. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Happy birthday, Emily. So yeah, it's uh it's amazing to see uh each of them finding their way and expressing themselves and I've had the privilege of getting to know all of them and uh, I think that yeah this is a season where uh, you guys are, are navigating a new territory and, and figuring out what that looks like and I suppose that's, um, that's an observation that I've made and I suppose Jen my question to you is how, how are you feeling in this season? What What is, what is family, how, is the family dynamic changing for you? What does that look like? What are some of the things that you're wrestling with in well, this season?
1: I was thinking about it when I was walking this morning that when I was nine years old, I really believe that God called me to be a wife and a mother. And I remember telling a teacher at school that that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. And she said, well, you're going to have to marry a wealthy man because that just doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> and I said, well, my mom stays at home and we're not rich. And um, I really had that desire to be a mom and to um, just have that experience. And then as life and I got together and got married, um, I became a mother fairly quickly. And so we doubled up on everything as far as our ministry time together and being a family fairly quickly. And then moving to Norway, having our girls there and then returning to the States about 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. I, um, was a full-time mom and I was privileged to do that. And it was uh, something that I felt a conviction about rather than a preference, and I really believe that the Lord honored it through the years, and we've been extremely blessed. And now that they're growing and flying, I um, I found myself a couple of years ago just recognizing that it, it is a new season, and while I will always be a mom, and Mama Jen to some, and an aunt to others, and an adopted grandmother to a few, um, Life is different. I don't have little ones at home. I don't have the the daily schedule of, a, of school. I remember actually mourning um, the first fall that I didn't send a, a person off to school. And I, I felt like I needed to go adopt some neighborhood children and <laughs> and take them to the bus and buy their school supplies <laughs> because when you do that for 20-something years, it's, it's, it's what you do in the fall. And um, so as we're... Walking through this time together, Leif and I in particular, I do have the opportunity to travel more. Mm-hmm. But what I kind of like to tell folks is um, when the Lord said, you know, go to Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. I take Judea and Samaria and let Leif have the uttermost parts of the earth. <laughs> 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 and on occasion, I do visit the uttermost parts. But, um, you yeah, know, it's just, uh, it is a new season. So I've had some prophetic words that scare me to death thrill me to no end and um i still think it'd be really cool if god would write on the wall sometimes
0: so absolutely i don't i think we would all agree with that i think it also makes it difficult when you do have such a beautiful family and you also do have such a beautiful home that uh you know to to leave that environment um obviously is is sometimes costly in that regard and there is no place like home Hmm. uh, and coming home and uh, even though this is my home in this season uh, i'm going home to australia in a couple of weeks and i I, I even last night was dreaming. I literally had a dream about coffee and some of the places yeah. that I physically will be visiting, yeah. uh, because there there are those those comforts and that.
1: Did you dream about Vegemite though?
0: Do you know? I really don't like Kay. Vegemite. Woof. I think I, I know people would call me on it. Australian, but I, I I really, if it's if it's in heaven, then I, I really I'm gonna have some questions because I I don't think that it's anointed, but. Uh,
1: I'm pretty bold, but that one—that one got yeah, me. It's, yeah, that was
0: yeah, rough. It's, its its an acquired taste. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean life. Just—just reflecting on sort of the similar journey as what life, uh, what Jen's just articulated. I suppose, um, you know, you—you you obviously th- see things from a different experience in the sense that you have been away from home a lot, and you have travelled, and you have been on uh, in the in the other most parts of the world. And um, but at the same time, you're still. A father raising four amazing children and 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 what what does it look like for you now not just in terms of that season for your home life but also in terms of um, Jen and 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 how she complements you and and what what season you're in I think also (coughs) probably been the last couple of years
2: that this transition has been going on from both sides from my side it's been more and it's strange now when the kid starts to be older, but I'm sensing more a calling to to be more home. Uh, I when I was forty-nine, I'm fifty-one now. But when I was forty-nine I remember I just even said it to the Lord out loud. I said that by the time I have grandkids I want to be able to be there for the ball games, to be able to be there for the birthdays, to be able to be there for that next season in life. So I think in a spirit realm, there was a time we raised up natural children, but it was a spiritual children now it's more into a grandpa stage in life that's what i felt in the spirit realm but also in the natural that's kind of the next stage in life even if we don't have grandchildren yet mm-hmm. but i just also sensed that instead of there was a season you had a responsibility and a burden and everything else mm-hmm. but now you recognize it more and more that we raised up all these other world changers and history makers and what we sit here today in some 20 some nations there's other ones doing what i used to dream of doing and love to do so that's also changed our season together of trying to figure out okay what is it that we're supposed to do together What are some of the dreams that Jennifer has Mm -hmm. and that I can support and help her to fulfill some of those dreams? Or opposite, what are some of the things that I'm still dreaming of in this season? Mm -hmm. So we're trying to figure out a little bit of a, in a sense that there are certain things that I know I'm called to do that Mm -hmm. it is not ours in a sense of her going with me to some of the places in the world. Some of that has to do with a danger, it has to do with a culture. That's connected to a unique uh, calling that God has over my life. But then there's a world that we have that we're supposed to do together Mm. and then in the sense of traveling together and do certain things together and there are certain things that Jennifer especially lately we've seen a more and more as she is sharing and it's life-giving she has a voice and it's changing atmosphere and the feedback there's nothing that gives me a greater joy that when I am coming out of my hotel room just recently and all these people were talking about how amazing uh, the session was that, that Jennifer had. And that was with ladies. If not, I would have been there. So, But just to see that who she is, what she carries. And she has been a phenomenal wife, mother, homemaker. Mm-hmm. But even in the middle of it, as she is dreaming in this season, mm-hmm. I'm very committed to be able to see both her and our kids now. I've helped a lot of people around the world to fulfill their dreams. But I'm very committed to see whatever is in their hearts that is part of their dream, whatever I need to do. To, to support that to be part of that that's part of my dream in this next season
0: I think that raises like a really great point just in regards to the balance between complementing one another but also sacrifice in a season it's like Jen I think that no one would disagree with me in the fact that you've probably paid and, and your kids have probably paid the greatest price for the fruit of of ministry um, in a sense of Uh, not just in a sense of life being away and traveling and things like that but just even spiritual attack and 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 uh being ostracized or being you know people's opinions and Mm -hmm. judgment and different things like that you know there's there's a million stories i'm sure we could share (laughs) but um i think one of the
1: things before life went to pakistan um when our children were really small somebody asked me well aren't you afraid and and i looked at them and i thought oh i guess." kind of but am I really supposed to give into that and we were living in Columbus Georgia at the time and I did highly request that he get life insurance before he went on the trip because while I completely and totally trust in God and know that he's my provider and will take care of me mm. at any stage of the game I was really practical so if you're going to go to Pakistan you're going to get life insurance mm. And then um, within a few days, though, there was a a horrific accident in Columbus, and a young woman had, had been killed. And the Lord just reminded me, now, this wasn't a good thing that happened to her or her family, but it can happen down the street. And I recognized at that time that he's invincible until God's ready to take him home and to waste sorrow or worry or fear over something that I knew that He was called to do was, was really a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. So I learned fairly early on not to give in to that or to be nervous if I'm at home with the kids alone. And, and the Lord really, really amped up my, um, my strength in those areas.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And while it wasn't always easy, another Bible verse came to mind that when the children of Israel will go to battle... The women, children, the young marrieds, the elderly, stayed behind with all of their, their goods and to protect the ones that were still there. And the men would go to battle. But when they would return home, the spoils were divided evenly. Mm. So even when our children were younger, I would try to help them understand that, yes, it is a great sacrifice. And there were times that one or two or three or four would say, we just want our dad home. Mm. But to let them understand that... Um, the spoils, if you will, the mm. I don't really like to call people spoils, but anyway, the people that are coming into the kingdom and the lives that are being changed, that all of my children have an inheritance in that mm-hmm. and a piece of that. And um, yeah, so it's it's been really cool to, to walk through some things and sometimes it's it's just hard.
0: I think I think part of that as well is is about timing as well because mm. timing always ends up leading to perspective it's like in the throes of that in the midst of that and even whilst you're trying to nurture your children around a healthy perspective Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily until perhaps down the track that they can look back and that perspective is maybe formed yeah for (coughs) real yeah and i
2: think i mean i've said it publicly especially the last two years including this week Mm -hmm. i've said it uh, uh i mean there's there's been some amazing sacrifices on all sides. Yeah. What this has cost. So yeah. there is no, there's, there's no way. But I think that I've said it so clearly that if I mean there is, I would have been much more at home if I could do it all over again. That's the only kind of a big uh, regret I had. There's things that I would have said no to ar- around the world. There's things I would say yes to. Mm. But I think that now so as I've grown older, I'm reflecting back again, and I would have spent more time uh, with a Jennifer and with the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, I don't go around with guilt of that because mm-hmm. I feel, to a certain degree, you don't. You're not responsible for revelation you did not have. Yeah. You felt this is what you needed to do at the time, and it's kind of a juggling that wall. But it, that has been very painful looking back at it. But there's been a lot of grace now, and I'm sensing in this season where. Yeah. Uh, god is giving us a lot of grace and i just also feel the promises put for us our kids and the grandkids i just had this war this week about a thousand generation so how much is a thousand generation well it's uh, actually forty thousand years it's going to be over family wow so this so that scripture verse just hit me when no I have given you this covenant and it's a, but it's going to last for a thousand generations so that's wow. a generational blessing that's and amazing. one generation is 40 years so that would say for the next 40,000 years there's no way you can move outside God's goodness faithfulness and love because that's a covenant mm. and that's his obligation yeah. uh, we still operate within that but we just need to remember who we are in a covenant with
0: yeah so I think you know you, you obviously there's been a price that's been paid and there's been sacrifices that's been made but you you co founded Global Mission Awareness. Um, now some might say that someone was more on one reign than the other. Uh, but Well considering
1: uh, the first newsletter was written on our computer in our bedroom in Columbus, Georgia. It was definitely co founded.
0: It was definitely co founded. Yeah. There was a there was a degree of intimacy in that newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> the computer was in the bedroom. Either uh, you had a small house or it was just It's uh, a way to keep an eye clock. on the kids while That's, they're on the
1: computer yes. as young children. Yes.
0: That's wisdom speaking right mm. there. But I suppose something in terms of the fruitfulness and, and flowing out of sacrifice, but what is, Jen, what's, what's one thing that you're tremendously proud of? What is one thing that you you look back, if you look back at the journey and you look back at all of the different things that you guys have been through as mm. a family and as a season, what, and it doesn't have to necessarily be connected to the ministry, but what is one thing that you are really proud of that you know your sacrifice has made a contribution to?
1: Oh, man, that's a loaded question. A lot of things that run through my head. I'm really proud of Leif, number one. I'm really proud that our children all love the socks off of that man. Mm -hmm. And considering the time that they would have spent apart during some teenage years and things like that, they, they all just adore him. And I'm, I'm very proud of that. Mm. I'm very proud that when he comes home from a trip, there's one, two, three daughters standing in line and then a son on a phone call because he doesn't live in town. And they just want to draw from their dad. They don't want to draw from the ambassador of love. They don't want to draw from mm. the president of Global Mission Awareness. Yeah. They just want to hang with their dad. Yeah. And to see them even in some situations of attack or um malignment defend mm-hmm. and go to bat for their dad
0: oh they're ferocious i i they are ferocious. love it i love yeah. it
1: and there's not a one of those yeah. little critters that was created without a will mm. or without a voice mm. and if you've ever had the opportunity to be around our family you really have to wait for a intake of air to actually get a few words out yeah, I You've lived with there. you for three months. I, I mean, I, I,
0: I, I like to talk, and I became an introvert in your house. <laughs>
1: I remember one time a friend got in the car with the kids, and they just looked at me, and they go, is, is it like this all the time? And I said, yeah, pretty yeah, much, pretty yeah. much.
0: Don't bother putting your hand up, because that <laughs> no, will be noticed, and it will no. be ignored. <laughs> and we are all
1: entertainers. Yeah. Come on. We yeah. just are. Um, yeah. Leif was an actor when I met him, and I love to talk. And so um, we're all wanting to, to own the floor. We, mm. we wanna have the microphone and make people laugh or cry or whatever that is. So um, yeah, so that would, those, if I'm allowed to use the word proud, yeah. um, I'm very proud that we have those relationships yeah. with our kids. I
0: think that's beautiful. Mm. Leif, what are you most proud
2: of? I think that uh, when it comes to Jennifer especially, uh, to see when there's been obstacles giants Uh, one example is when i remember the day we were at one of these bathing park where it was actually my son and her brother died Mm -hmm. in december Uh, so i remember that today but just to be able to see i mean she've had some i mean both personal us family i mean we're talking about some major giants over the years and then in the middle of it to see how she gets on the other side Mm. and then she's able to get up again and live with that tension so even mm. if it's been very hard but I was just thinking about many of those things that yeah. get hit in her face and people yeah. are not aware of it but just yeah. and then but she's somehow in the middle of all of that is able to get up again and how many times she's got up again yeah. where a lot of people if they've been hit the way that she's been hit yeah. I don't know if they've been able to make it so there's yeah. a strength in that woman in regard to yeah. uh, and then also just to see uh, even just our tension that over and over again that you Mm. i mean we have 28 years that we've all been hit many times and Mm. faced so many battles and been on the floor more times we missed the ball more time when we've hit it we're known for the times we hit the ball but just in the middle of it that we still wake up in the morning and willing to hit the ball again so meaning we got up more times than we have been down that's Mm. the secret to our successes just so i I see that with her and the kids and everything else. And and also lately, the last couple of years, because change is very difficult, and I'm seeing a major transformation in in change for her, which is also able to uh, not just keep her love on, setting boundaries, loving on herself well, and at the same time, Peter. now mm-hmm. I'm sensing, recognizing also just fighting for just her own voice uh, to be heard in the middle of all of that and the value of that voice. Yeah. So that's another thing I'm very proud of her in this, including like wow. the kids' books after years of dreaming when yeah. obstacles mm-hmm. came along. No, I'm going go to go through the gestation until I birth this, and now she's birthed that. And so... so that
1: was one of the easiest births I had, really.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, yeah and I think we should, we should talk about talk about that journey um as well i think just hearing both of you in terms of that reflection i think uh the key thing that stands out to me there is is perseverance but i think that perseverance is really founded in pressing into the father and i know that um obviously life i've talked with you a lot more about that um that process that journey what that looks like for you because i'm around you a lot more but i've seen it in you jen and just in the small snippets that you do express it's that intimacy with god and really trusting in him in those seasons and i think that's one of the things that i've just taken away and observing that even through the the that journey that road it's really been a sense of well if you don't press into god in this process then that's when you won't you be able to get out, back up yeah. you check out and um, so i admire both of you in in your own respect for for that and the way that you've modeled that to not only your own family, but the way you model that to us um, as a team here, and and to the wider family and the wider community, because um, life ain't easy, and um, and everyone's. I was saying to this to to someone the other day. I said, everyone's circumstances are relative and relevant, mm-hmm. uh, and you know we were just in Mozambique um, with some of the poorest of the poor on the planet, um, and then we come back to affluence here, and the hard decision is know where am i going to get my dinner from or where you know which lug- luxury item am i going to say no to today and you know it's this chalk and cheese or light and dark you know it's this this contrast but that's a that's an australian <laughs> chalk, and cheese. chalk and cheese are two very different things yeah um and so oh, chalk chalk chalk, chalk.
1: As yes. in, on a chalk like board. Like chalk it up. Yeah. Oh, okay, chalk sure. Chalk it up
0: on the board. Yeah. I was thinking like I'm chalk sorry. full of nuts, so for the coffee thing, thing this, or something. For those of you listening, this podcast is being broadcast in English, American, <laughs> Norwegian, and Australian.
1: Un poquito de español también. A little Spanish <laughs> so, yeah. as,
0: as well. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, you've thrown me off track now. What was I saying? <laughs> you've totally thrown me. But
1: sorry, you were at Mozambique.
0: Yeah, I think it, it's it's coming back to relative and relevant. Mm. Um, and that's that helps to shape perspective. Um, so, but one one thing that Leif, you just obviously mentioned it. Uh, but Jen, you've been on a season, and I suppose that's a it's a season of perseverance to a degree in terms of a project. And uh, you have penned uh, four beautiful stories, each for your one for each of your four children, mm-hmm. and uh, and then uh, your daughter Courtney. Mm-hmm. Has provided some of our third-born, the did most all beautiful the illustrations. illustrations that I have seen in children's books. They're magical, magical uh, creations. Uh, collectively, how did that whole process start?
1: I was thinking about it the other day, and I was trying to remember why did I write these books, and I all I truly remember about the time was our two oldest kids were. I don't know, 15, 16, 17, somewhere around there. And so I thought, I'm going to write a story for the kids. And it was based on the nicknames I gave each of them when they were babies. So my firstborn, since I'd wanted to be a mom since I was nine, but I didn't have Leif Emanuel till I was 27? Mm-hmm.
3: Or
1: 28. It was 28. He was born in 90. Yeah. Okay. So he was my sunshine. It mm. was like, this is what I was created to do and be as a mom and... Um, so his book is called The Sun and the Moon. And as m- his little personality developed, he tended to be a glass half empty kid. So his story kind of relates to his purpose and what he's doing here in this world. And, um, then Lila came along and she was my princess, my first little girl, and she mm-hmm. was born in Norway. And so I thought, you know, I've got that perfect little one boy one girl thing going on Mm -hmm. and she was my princess and that those of you who have princesses you know that that can be the I will have it now and the beautiful elegant ballet dancer that she was the little ballerina Um, but that that child knew no fear and her story is called The Princess Who Wouldn't Smile (laughs) because in Norway she's this different child because my skin coloring is is more Native American than it is American and people would coo at her and try to get her to smile and she would look at them and go eh, I don't really know you, I don't owe you anything mm-hmm. so her story is the princess who wouldn't smile and then came Courtney, our third child and she was my little kitten and she was a cuddler and she would get up close and just love on you and her even her um, love language now I think is quality time, just have conversations with me but as she was approaching her teen years, she was really fashion-forward, I guess you would say, and she'd come up with these crazy ideas, and I pretty much let the kids use their creativity in, in reasonable ways. But she would do things like cut the toes off of her leggings and wear them with sandals, and then her friends would do it, and she'd get upset that they copied her. So um, her story is called Short Nose, and the literal meaning of Courtney is, is short-nose, And it's about a cat, of course, because she's my kitten. And the other cats at school would copy her. So they were copycats. I know, kind of cheesy, right? (laughs) But um, anyway, so she goes through her time of figuring out who she is, what she is, what she wants to do, and and kind of being okay with letting other people do what she does. And then our fourth and our last, which I really knew at the time she was going to be my last, And it didn't have anything to do with her 10-pound, 6-ounce birth weight. But um, that did kind of aid the decision. When you're having two-month-old children, you know, being birthed, you're, you're done. So she was my angel, my last I-will-not-have-more-children baby. And I wrote a story for her, actually, that ended up not being published. I remember that.
0: I remember and that, that was
1: a bit of a volatile time. And, and those of you who are listening, I, I, I am not always calm, cool, and collected. We'd actually gotten the four proofs back, and the two older girls were looking through them with me. And because when you look at something 400 times, you get, you know, crazy in your head. And my oldest daughter just goes, Mom, something's not right with Katie's story. You didn't finish this, you didn't do this. And I looked at her and I yelled, Throw them in the trash, burn them, and cast them into the sea. Okay, yeah, I was really emotional. And ultimately came back to the thought that it really wasn't her story. And so I called the publisher, what will it cost me to change? And uh, Courtney actually came a little bit later and she said, but wouldn't you want to put something out there that you're really proud of? And I'm like, yes. And it's really fun when your adult children give you words of wisdom that you wish you'd given yourself, but um, they're really good at that too. And so I wrote Katie's story in one night, and she's led worship for years, and so it's about a songbird. And her journey. So um, I started writing them, like I said, when our oldest was maybe 16 or 17, maybe. And he's 27. So it's been about a 10, 11, 12-year journey. Wow. And then I wanted Courtney to illustrate them. But when I wrote the first ones, she was in the middle of high school and too busy. And so it, it serendipitously worked out when she got back from Norway that she could do these for me. Yeah. And it was wonderful because she knows our family in a way that other people wouldn't. Mm. So there are different things like her kitten appears in all four books. So if you ever get them, you can <laughs> see like if you the, can yeah, find the, the cat. Mark. Yes, mm-hmm. it's the it's mark. not where's yeah. Waldo, but it's close. <laughs> and then their favorite colors as children, they had their favorite colors. So she knew what to put in their favorite animals things like that it was just really really cool to wow. have that and um and they've done fairly well considering it's the first run so yeah. i'm excited about
0: them yeah, and we've had some really good feedback from them i think that uh they're i mean i was privileged to be able to read through them in the early in the early stages you of had the, the publishing. proofs i had yeah. the proofs and and uh saw that journey come together and it was a beautiful uh, it was a privilege to be part of it and um and i think that they're they're four beautiful stories that they're not just an, uh, an edification of right. your children's journey, but I actually think there's a really powerful message in them for any individual, regardless mm-hmm. of whether you're reading it to a child or whether you're hearing it. Um, yeah, that's the question
1: I get asked often, most often is, what is the age range? And I pretty much tell people, yeah. if your children can't read, you get to make up the story. Yeah. Just look at the pictures and yeah. create what you want to yeah. do. Um, for older children, they'll get it. They'll read them, and, and they're fine. They're not particularly—how do I word this and not sound strange? But the, the stories are just stories. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not Bible stories. They're mm-hmm. not And Jesus Said stories. Mm-hmm. And I think for parents, reading through them, sometimes they might catch a little glimpse of, oh, okay— this is my child number two, or this is my child number four, or this mm. is my child number one. And um, I think one of the greatest things, if I could impart to, to a lot of parents, is understanding that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. That um, other people have gone through similar, same, maybe even different, but kind of the same yeah. situations. Same same, same, yeah, same, same, but different. Same, yeah. same, but different. Mm-hmm. And um, it takes a village. Yeah, It's the probably one of the mantras I, I really choose to live by is it takes a village to raise a family and while we have moved frequently and not always had a village mm. sometimes we have to create it and find mm. it
0: that that kind of that that gives me a little bit of an insight but Jen you are you are someone who likes to understand how things work <laughs> and I don't know if I would use the word necessarily fixer in the sense that some people perceive that, but you like to, if something's broken or if there's a challenge in front of you, you like to figure things out and bring resolution to that. Not necessarily like conflict, but like if just simple things, if something's broken at home physically, that you know, you you like to understand that. But I think there's a degree when, just in what you just said, in terms of it takes a village to raise your children, how, with that in mind, like how, how was it in terms of you being vulnerable to be able to ask for help through that journey? Like even in being in Norway and having a different type of family around you than necessarily being home in Columbus, Georgia or different things like that. Or just even, you've obviously moved from, from a few different places in America even and, and created a new community. But how, how have you approached that process of allowing people to help you raise your family?
3: Ooh...
1: Um I think one of my personality traits early on was vulnerability, possibly vulnerability, to the point of I should keep my mouth shut sometimes.
0: I think brutal honesty <laughs> sometimes is yeah. you know. and
1: so there were relationships that that dissolved because I was uber honest and I think sometimes too, even you know, when we have conversations, the children and I, the young adults that I gave birth to. I mean, um, just the the uniqueness of we're not quote unquote special, all right? We're not like the chosen family from the foundation of the world, but then again, we are. Um, I I believe that any young people related to ministry and it's pretty much any family situation but when you know that there's a specific call on your uh, family you're going to run into stuff that that other people just don't and Mm -hmm. so there would be times that I would fierce mama bear you know go after a youth pastor and just rip him up one side and down the other because he didn't apparently see what God was seeing in my kid (laughs) and honestly I was right and um, he needed to be educated. And, you know, I mean, when a, when a youth pastor tells you, I can't handle your kid, you go, well, get over it and figure it out. Because if this is your calling, um, you should get on your knees before the father and ask him what you're supposed to do in this situation. And, um, yes, so that, that is accurate. Um, I, uh, so as far as a fixer and asking for help, At times, you have to be really, really careful because Mm. not everybody's going to continue to love you. Mm. And judgments come. And I was telling the girls in the office earlier, I said, interesting thing with passing judgment for me personally is, number one, when you pass judgment, you already know what's going to happen. You're going to get judged the same way because that's scriptural. It's a promise. It's a cause and effect. But." A greater awareness for me in recent history has been I don't have to receive a judgment.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: I I am powerful enough, and the more that I recognize who I am in Christ and my um, my value in Him, not my value in and of myself, mm-hmm. but I don't have to receive your judgment. So you can tell me I'm a this or a that, and, mm. and I'm not trying to be cocky but I do not believe that judgments passed have to be judgments received
0: yeah that's good so that's really good
1: and then you get very very protective of your family and who you can ask help for Mm. or not
0: so one of the questions that um, that uh, it's kind of combination of two questions that some people um, presented to us in before the before this this podcast was in terms of um, creating distance with people, maybe when there are there is judgment and different things like that, but and also the issue of confrontation. And I suppose, um, obviously, you know, you just told us a story there about how you know you confronted someone, and okay, maybe some people would say, well, I would have maybe done it this way or mm-hmm. that. But for you, what, what, what do you feel looks like in, in this season? What does a healthy confrontation look like for you? and it doesn't necessarily have to be around judgment or lies Mm -hmm. or different things, but what does that look like for you when there is a difference of opinion? And I think, you know, I'll bounce to you in a minute, Leif, about this as well because we talk about in family, we, you know, healthy family is not necessarily all about agreement. (laughs) It's about how we continue to love and honor the the other person through disagreement and then come to a place where we can can move forward together. So what does, I suppose, distance or confrontation or or boundaries, maybe that's a better way of looking at it look for you
1: i think with our our young i i go back to my kids the most often because they're the people that i have been around their entire lives but i i would like to say that i try to only now i use the word fight just honestly i fight over what, what is worth fighting over
3: mm-hmm.
1: and sometimes i don't sometimes i fight over silly crazy idiot things but even in those situations, I think it's because I've got to find something to find a release because these things that are much bigger than I am, mm-hmm. I can't fix. So I'm going to fight over something stupid. But um, you have to love somebody to fight with them. Wow. I, I, that's my personal opinion. I feel that if some relationship is worth having, mm. you are going to have a disagreement. You are going to get in a fuss. And you're gonna to have to back off and either come to an agreement of compromise or an understanding that we agree to disagree. Mm. And Leif and I have had, you know, many times where we have conversations and ultimately the bottom line is go with God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus is the buzzword. Right. Yeah. Go with God. <laughs> if you
1: really believe that God has called you to mm. fill in the blank,
3: go
0: with God. Mm. Wow.
1: Right, honey? Right <clears throat> up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just nod and say yes, Leif. Yeah. No, and yes, no, you? we
1: don't have that. uh uh-uh. ooh, I know. That doesn't yeah, happen in our house.
0: Good. Leif, how would you, I mean, what does, and obviously you have different, some different experiences, of course, but in terms of confrontation and, and, and boundaries and creating distance and things like that, in order to uh, maybe using that in context of, because you love someone and you want to protect them or you want to protect the family, or whether that's your, your natural family or your spiritual family. What, what are some of the things that you approach that with? I mean, the way it's supposed to, and of course, I've,
2: I think I created a message about three chairs, so it's easy when the whole family know that message, uh, which chair are you sitting in right now? So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so even there, in, in a sense of just, at first, honor is what love looks like. So I think that the starting point of the, any relationship, do we honor one another? because that's how love looks like and what does honor actually looks like and what is dishonor so even then if there is confrontations that are healthy confrontation if you're coming from a place of honor because that's what love looks like meaning that you you maybe can confront because of fear or because of love but if it comes from a heart of love towards someone then you want what is best for that person so uh but I think that for my, I mean, one of the challenges and difficulty when we are not in the right chair is often that your emotional tank is down, mm-hmm. meaning that over a period of time that you have, uh, you have given everywhere. And then, as I say, when, when your emotional tank, there's not a whole lot left over. And at that time period, certain things comes in then at that moment you're not responding the right way. So I think that that's also a, that's why it's so important to love yourself well, because you love your neighbors, you love yourself. And based upon how much also that you're able to take care of yourself, love yourself is also connected how you see the people around you and also how you're able to respond. Because when you get squeezed, what's in you comes out. Mm. And that's why I think that uh, my encouragement also to people is, and that's part of my journey in this season is learning to love myself, and I'm meaning now the way that Papa God loves, meaning that if I get proper sleep, if I do take care of myself well, and and at the same time, but also meetings have certain boundaries so that when you get home, you still have 20% left on your tank instead of you've been going 125% for so long. Yeah. So I'm coming home and have expectation that often leads to disappointments, or they maybe have expectation. And that's where conflict often comes from. We have expectation where we're actually projecting of somebody else what they are supposed to be and how they're supposed to respond. And when they don't do it, it leads to disappointments. And then from there you get the reaction. Mm. But expectancy leads to hope. So when you have, I have a great expectancy that leads hope in other people compared to expectation. So I think that that's also another area that we're just learning and uh, and of course, when we spend more and more time together, sometimes we just have a fight just for having a fight, just so that we can connect over something. No, so that's a, you. Like that's me, yeah. So. You
1: pick fights. Yeah, no, it. I'm joking.
2: <laughs> so we, uh, and the and heroes, of that's course- That's what pers- we call two ticks and no dog. Yeah. yeah.
1: He comes home, he's exhausted. He comes home, he's exhausted. I mean, and then he comes home and he's exhausted. Mm-hmm. And well, I have a slight expectation of don't come home so exhausted.
0: Yeah, and you know that's I think just being vulnerable with with people that are listening. That's something that we're all challenged with at the moment. That's I mean we had a three hour meeting yesterday afternoon looking at two thousand eighteen, and and really a lot of that was about figuring out the ways that we can do a better job of building healthy margins in, and uh, you know it's it's something that I inherited 18 months ago and we tried to start on that journey we're 18 months in and I don't think we're really much better off uh, and so we're really kind of in a season and and looking at what is the best way that you can steward your time life not just for the least last and the lost and the, the assignment that you've got and that but how do you steward your time and your resources and I think this is a message for everybody mm-hmm. is how do I create capacity in my tank so that when i come home from work or when the kids are finally in bed and i've got time with my spouse or you know when i am making time for friends or you know bible study group or ministering or whatever it is but you've got capacity to give to others but i think also giving capacity to yourself and of course then there's the god equation in that as well it's creating healthy margins so that you can deal with the unexpected, but that you also prioritize rest, and you prioritize, I think it's that analogy, it's almost like um, you know, a chef who goes to work cooks all this incredible food for all of these guests at their restaurant, night after night, but they bring home a, a leftovers, a, a to-go box, a leftovers mm. container to their family, and they're tired and they don't really want to use their gift to necessarily serve the people that probably matter the most you know, if you, if you think about that analogy so I think that's something that we're all really journeying through and working on um, because I think when uh, family is healthy at home then we can give a healthier expression, I'm preaching to myself here as well in terms of what I know healthy margins in my own life so um, one, one of the questions and I think this is kind of connected to each other from a positive perspective uh, one of the questions was how have you learned to receive from each other and I think that um, that's always a fun one in a sense that just I think you know even going back to that that comment that Jen you said before about when life comes home your kids just want to be around their dad mm-hmm. you know and I know that we even just used one of those expressions Lila helped us to pen that in in your new book that we're, we're hoping hopefully sending to print later this week but just we just want to be with dad we don't necessarily want gifts or do things or whatever but it's almost like Presence is the greatest way you can receive from someone, just being present with them. But, Jen, how is one of the, the greatest ways that you've learned to receive from life?
1: Well, one of the, I mean, some people will totally think I need a psychiatrist after this, but life's major way of showing love is generosity and gift giving. And my major way of showing love is service. Mm hmm. So I actually got to a point in our marriage where I said, if you bring me home another piece of jewelry, I'm going to throw it away or give it to the kids. And I, I know that that sounded really ugly and somewhat hateful. And I did recognize that fairly quickly, but that wasn't what I, what I needed. That wasn't what I really desired. And then like, Leif mentioned we've been married 28 years and we know each other. We really know each other. And the exciting things for me is when I watch him, like this morning, or it was yesterday morning? I walked into the, the room and I had gotten up way earlier than he did. So I didn't make my side of the bed. And when I came in, he had made my side his side. And that just thrilled me to no end. Hmm. And other people are like, give me the diamonds. But um, I'm like, give me the made bed, you know, Um, take the garbage out without. It's just cool. It's, you know, but like I said, we know each other. And when you were talking a little bit earlier, I think everybody, if you can get to the place where you and Holy Spirit become so knit together that you're actually listening to Mm. him. I said, wouldn't the most amazing marriage ever be that the only fights you get into are over, I want to take care of you better. Mm. And one of my favorite Bible verses of all time was Philippians 2, and it's do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, Mm. but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than yourself. Mm. And I just think that would be the most amazing marriage ever.
0: Mm. Yeah. Wow. I'm receiving right now. This is good. This is good. Jen, uh, Leif, how how what is what is one of the greatest ways you have learned to receive from Jen?
2: No, i saying she she is a server and uh, she serves. And I think that our strength being overextended, where any one of us becomes our greatest weakness. So she has a great strength there. And sometimes I feel people take advantage out of that and some of that, but I do see again, the gift that she has. Uh, like I said, when we lived in Norway, we lived on a tiny little Island with a few hundred people. Uh, So, but again, it was in a sense, not just serving me, but our neighbor, there was an alcoholic. uh, He actually was found dead on the floor there, but she was there the way she served him, eventually the community or, things that we didn't even do in our culture. But it was almost like I'm the evangelist. And when we left the island, there was not a whole lot of people missing me. I've been out there while somehow you Mm -hmm. could see the trace of Jennifer in the neighbors and the neighbors' neighbors and friends, the same also in the house when I pastored Mm -hmm. the neighborhoods around. So so she lived love and she served very well and including now in our neighborhood. So she's thriving where she is at then. So i think that there's a lot of lessons that i have learned just watching her life including some of the the close people who were just with the, one of her best friends now they are Buddhist and with their family and just to see when i came in there it's kind of a you felt like a hero coming in because you're Jennifer's jennifer husband mm-hmm. and they just told me about the, the 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 years that she's just been pouring in and using her gifts to add value to other people and, and living a lifestyle of love on a daily basis where she's at mm-hmm. and i'm just uh, noticing then the fruits that that has has had a very great impact on me just noticing some of those details of of how she's living out love
0: yeah that's beautiful that's awesome so uh i'd love to hear what you guys are dreaming about and i know that obviously you're dreaming individually about certain different things but you're also dreaming together and uh you know is there something jen that you what is it that you're dreaming about in this season And, and i know that that's maybe a work in progress but what are some of the things that are burning in you or, or the things that the Lord's even just starting to, to hint or poke at that, that you feel the future holds?
1: Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, that's really hard. Because for a long, 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 long time, I didn't honestly know that I was allowed to dream. That was before I was married. And then for a season after I was married, too but it was on me, it wasn't, it wasn't like doing it to me or my family, it was just I didn't didn't know that I could dream with God. Mm. Wow. And um, so to be asked that question now, because I, I, I feel like if I were to, to see Jesus tomorrow, I've, I've been blessed beyond, above anything I ever could have imagined as a child. I remember going to Australia for the first time, and mm. I realized or recognized in myself that I'd wanted, I thought that I wanted to go to Australia when I was in junior high, but I honestly didn't give myself the permission to dream about going to Australia, <laughs> because only wealthy people traveled, mm. and I didn't have a passport. I mean, I thought it was exciting. I walked across the bridge into Mexico, <laughs> you know? I'm like, I've I've been to another country, and... Um, So, that I've had the experiences that I've had have just been, just blown my mind away. So, to be told or to be asked, What are you dreaming of now? Mm. I'm like, Well, I've just been blessed beyond compare. Mm. But in a a practical sense, I've had prophetic words about my writing. Mm. Um, I'm still waiting for God to write on the wall what the name of that book's supposed to be. But um, so, I'm dreaming of that coming along. I'm dreaming of life being around a little bit more. Um, I've been dreaming about that for 28 years.
3: <laughs>
1: On a funny little thing, though, but when, before I got married, I was in a musical in our church. My dad was our minister of music, so, of course, I got to have a singing part. And I played a Jewish wife. And in that song, I sang the words, When I wore my bridal veil and wedding gown, I somehow thought my husband ought to stick around. Wow. And then it says, but now it seems that the man of my dreams is always out of town. Well, I guess I've married a traveling man, but I've met Jesus, so I understand that when you find the truth, you'll follow him anywhere. And that thought did not hit me until the traveling was really kicked in. It was from a musical called Celebrate Life. And I was actually playing Peter's wife in the play. And I thought... Oh, my giddy aunt. And we didn't believe in the prophetic in that Baptist church, okay?
4: (laughs) So um, it
1: really came to pass, you know? And there have been times that I thought, well, there you go, kid. There you go. And the other day I was walking with the Lord. And on my walks or when I garden is usually when I connect the most. Mm -hmm. Because if my garden isn't taken care of by God, it'll die. So... But I was walking the other day, and I we have, we have conversations that some people probably wouldn't approve of, but they're my conversations with God, so I get to have them. And I said, so, Lord, okay, so you see me as strong, I guess, since two-thirds out of the last 18 years I've been a single parent. So apparently you see a strength in me, right? So I'm telling God these things. And because you see this strength in me, I get to be a single parent two-thirds out of the year for the last 18-some years. So because I'm strong, I get to do this. So I'm kind of questioning and a little sarcastic, and God just says, yes. And I go, okay. And who better to be in connection with this man, than a woman who fell in love with Jesus before she was seven. Mm. And as much as was within my realm of understanding, who walked with him until I met this man and came connected to this man, whose destiny is so intricately intertwined with mine that there is no separation mm. and there is no turning back, there's only going forward. So, grasping hold and sometimes tenuous, crazy ups and downs, and valleys and mountains and hot coals and frozen tundra relationship stuff. There is no place I'd rather be. Mm-hmm. And it's good.
0: Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. I'm starting to think back to any of the songs that I sang in high school <laughs> thinking. Oh, <laughs> and the only mm. one that's coming to me is Pirates of Pinsets. <laughs> I was going to say I Pirates Pirate of Pinsets. Yes. Uh, oh, lovely. Maybe maybe let's not come to agreement <laughs> <laughs> with that one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, Jen, I love, I love your vulnerability. I love, I love your honesty because I think that... Um, there's always something profound in the the hidden meaning of what you're saying and what you're sharing, and uh, I know your garden, I know that that's your passion, I know um, the excellence that you approach that with, but I love the fact that that's your secret place, that's the place that you connect with the Lord, and um, yeah, it's beautiful, it's um, and it's exciting to, even though you may not necessarily be able to say I'm dreaming of X, Y, and Z, and this, this, and this, um, I think that that's really encouraging to a lot of people because i know that that's i know that that's been part of my own journey is people i I mean i was i had a spirit of fear come over me in october last year when i was at uh, an event and a wise older gentleman said to me at a dinner table son what are you dreaming of in this season and if there was a stone that i could crawl onto under it would have been Mm -hmm. i would have found it you know it was well i don't actually know what i'm dreaming of and um I think uh, so. I think it's encouraging sometimes to just look at the process of dreaming, not necessarily actual dreams. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's exciting. Leif, you're in a season as well. You're in a season of adjustment. Um, assignments are changing. Uh, regions are changing. Uh, your own expression is changing. Some of the things that the Lord is revealing to you are fresh and new. And uh, what what are you dreaming of in, in conjunction with Jen and in conjunction with family? What does this season look like for you?
2: I think in the last couple of years, uh, for many years, your focus is that you're going to kind of uh, get to the top of that mountain and how you're going to get there. And mm. primarily you're calling your focus. But now it's more uh, how you're going to help a lot of other people to find their mountains and then to give them the wisdom of how to climb it and the process and the journey towards their destiny. So I think that I'm living more, last couple of years, I've been in the process of living more towards a generation I cannot see, both in the natural and in the spiritual. Meaning that uh, I think that what we are supposed to do now is in a sense of both uh, spirit well, uh, as well as in the natural, the grandma and grandpa pace. But I really do want both Mm -hmm. natural, helping my natural kids, each one of them, and as well as my son a lot to help, as I'm saying, for them to find their dreams and then to be able to help each one of them to fulfill their dreams and why they are here among 7.5 billion people. Mm -hmm. And then also from that place to be able to raise up other people now to, in a sense of kind of a, not saying carrying the burden because there's certain burden I'm gonna carry, but I think that's the shift is more, this is the few Mm -hmm. things that only I exist for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm and then the rest of the time find out who is supposed to do some of these other Mm -hmm. things as we're looking at the world i remember when i looked at saddam hussein i was thinking about i wish there was a daniel here or if i'm looking what's going on in syria i wish we had a joseph here or where is the deborah where is the esther where's so among all the sons and daughters who could you place when you see on the global scene of People Mm. that could change the environment, but which generation that knows the harp so well and Mm. know how to be overwhelmed by God in such a way? But it's not just that they know the presence and have been in a school of supernatural ministry, but they also have the skill set. Like, I didn't, I don't want a surgeon to do surgery on me if he doesn't have the skill set, even if somebody laid hands on him and he was on the floor and had an incredible encounter, which I believe in. But I also want the skill set. So, kind of, so part of my thing is kind of help people to find their harp, their instrument, find. Who they are in God, but mm. also helping them to see if that skill set as a school teacher or as a surgeon or somebody going through the nation. But just what it's the tools and the skill sets, and to do that with excellency and with passion. Mm. So that's part of my dream is to raise up other dreamers in this season, yeah. and to be able to live for a generation that we cannot see. What kind of a world could? my future grandkids be able to be born into because of the prices that we paid. So that's why I'm honoring a lot of the people that has gone before us, including living in Atlanta and the Martin Luther King speech, I have a dream, and to see the price that he paid and other things. And we're not finished yet because his dream continued to be expanded. As I, as I was at an African American primary church and was there just this weekend and seeing the unity that we had in the spirit, it's beautiful because
0: somebody had a dream. Mm. Oh wow, that's, yeah. that's amazing. And and it's exciting to see as well the way that I'm seeing each of your your expressions kind of come together where there's there's moments of kind of uh, co-traction, if you like, where both of your expressions, both of your giftings, both of your voices and experience, are, I think are helping this movement, this Kingdom Family movement, to know what it looks like to have healthy family culture, healthy family dynamic, that there is value in some of the tension moments and and that is really where it's almost like that's where character is developed mm-hmm. you know it's it's character is developed in the tension and and i think that that's the key for me it's is like the diamonds it's like the diamonds yeah, yeah. exactly exactly call the pressure, and pressure. Yeah. yeah and uh, um, you know you look back, I love family photos, you know, I have a family Mm. photo on my desk, which was taken just before I moved over here 18 months ago. And I just said to some of the team yesterday, I think it's time for a new family photo when Mm. I get home. Um, But I love looking at that photo because for me, it's the, the ability to capture that moment is a result of tension. Mm. There has been tension. There's, you know, three of my nephews in that, in that photograph and, and Mm they are part of a process of tension that has, has come from that. And, uh, and so I think it's exciting, not just from a, a natural, but a spiritual family that we're, that you guys are at the helm of and, um, and helping to, to father and mother, and now moving into that season of being the grandpa and the grandma. And, and what does that expression look like? Yeah, even
2: now to see the fun, we just thought about it last night. Catherine just came home after three weeks with Erin and Nicole. Uh, that are spiritual sons and daughters but when she Tip was City, Tip City, Ohio yeah. and just the way they are living mm-hmm. family and with their uh, four daughters she is there in the home with them for three weeks with them in January she was in London with some other family that are connected to us but just not seeing our natural family and our spiritual family and then to see Catherine coming back and it's like I have a big brother and sister now wow and then so some of the sacrifice that we did to even to live love out there we also now recognizing it with our natural children as an integration of the dna that the privileges and the way she came home and what she was able to receive from them but also what they were able to receive from her and to be able to see that so that was very beautiful for me when she came home with that new passion or Mm. she came home from london or other ones of our kids in the same sense with Mm. courtney she's going a couple of weeks to our emi family in norway Mm. and she spent a year there with family and to see what that did in her life Mm. but it is because we have healthy family all over the world right now and those mm-hmm. family or families are coming together in a unique way and that's also very exciting to watch how
0: God is putting it all together as a, yeah. as a big kingdom family movement. I think that's really cool though, because you look at that and you... I mean, I know Aaron and Nicole, I've seen them in your home and the way mm-hmm. that Gen you interact with, with their children and, and with them and and seeing them in a ministry environment as well but they, they're a family that you have made an investment into as a family over time and now... Uh, it's it's beautiful to hear that, that 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 Katie is reaping almost the the fruit of, of some of that investment just relationally, and it reminded me of uh, a lady in our church back home in Australia, and I remember her saying to me once, you know, she had she had four children, and she said uh, she said, Scotty, I've never really ever had a problem with um, other fathers and mothers being a surrogate father and mother to my children because it does take a village to raise a family it does take a village to raise a child and and those people can be something to my children that I can't and so I think that uh, that's a really it's a great expression of family it's a great expression of what we're looking at as a ministry and as a movement and um, yeah so
1: and that doesn't just
0: happen of course not yeah. you
1: know and it's not just anybody can yeah You know, that we we love hard, we protect hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But when the Lord connects the family, and you've been on trips before, I've been on trips before, where you find this instant connection Mm -hmm. is based purely on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like there's, you know, or, or I go to the grocery store and after a series of events, you figure out, so if I say something about Jesus, you know, and it doesn't offend, and you're like, I thought we were. Connected, you know that yeah. we were family. Yeah. And um, to watch that happen is, has been really cool. That's great. And our kids are excellent thermometers of who is allowed in and not allowed in. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and you need those people around you to yeah. protect you and to guide yeah. you and to and see things differently than than you see them. So, yeah. I think that's a great place to to land. And Jen, what I'd love is I'd love for you to just uh, release a blessing over the people that are listening. And uh, I think you have a phenomenal heart to invest yeah. into the family. So.
1: Well, Daddy, it's been a great day so far. Mm -hmm. And uh, right now, I just ask that you would touch those people who are listening, that you would open their eyes, their ears, and their hearts to see everything that you have available for them, that those who are afraid to dream will learn to dream. Those who are afraid to conquer will have strength and wisdom to conquer. Those who don't quite know you the way that I do, Lord, that they'll learn to trust you and believe you and that your words are true and honest. So I just bless you to enjoy life, to choose well, and to love really, really hard. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. 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 Well, it's been a privilege being with both of you, and uh, I really want to thank you for, for being vulnerable and honest and transparent with, with us. Uh, for those of you who are listening and you do have the opportunity to join us, we if you want to be part of Kingdom Family... We have a gathering here in Atlanta in August, August 24th to 26th, it's gonna be in Kennesaw. And uh, you can visit our website, globalmissionawareness.com. There's lots of information there. We'd love to welcome you into the Folder family. And uh, also if you wanna connect with any of our resources and in particular, Jen's amazing uh, four children's books, Uh, you can visit the website and uh, there's a link there through to the store and you can connect with those. I encourage you to read them and to read them to your children. And uh, Until next time, be blessed and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.